0: You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. I press on is the title of this devotion. You know, folks, sometimes it's running, as it says in Isaiah chapter 40, and sometimes it's walking one foot in front of the other. And I know within the Christian life, that exhilaration, it's all happening, and I see it all, and I feel it all, and I know it all, and I'm so happy, and uh, oh, that's wonderful. But my goodness, sometimes just to take one more step, is a miracle. To take one more step is a sign of wonder. And the Lord does say it, that the good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And even though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord will uphold him, Psalm 37. You see, sometimes, folks, just to take another step of faith, to say, no, Lord, Despite these disappointments, despite these hurts, despite that I still don't see the answers, I trust you. I trust you. Or like Job would say, even though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Oh, I love Job in the face of the devil's evil, wicked, wicked accusation against God that Job was not whom he said he was. Job said, no matter what, I will trust God. That is taking a step. It may be a leap for some, but it could be the smallest step for those who've experienced great power and great grace and all of a sudden, no more, no more feelings and no more experiences. and not, It looks like all stripped away. And you say, Lord, I will take every step in faith. I will keep walking in faith. I will keep walking in trust. I will keep relying and depending on you. I don't understand, but one thing I do understand, you love me and you're with me you understand what I'm trying to say to you? So I want to talk to you about pressing on and not giving up today. Here in Philippians chapter 3 is where you get that statement, I press on. And I'll read to you from the Amplified Translation where the Apostle Paul says there in verse 8 of Philippians 3, Yes, I count everything as loss, compared to the possession of the priceless privilege and overwhelming preciousness and surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing my Lord Jesus Christ and of progressively becoming more deeply, intimately acquainted with Him and perceiving, recognizing and understanding more fully and clearly the wonder of His person. For His sake, I've lost everything and I consider it all to be mere rubbish Refuge drags in order that I may win, gain Christ, the anointed one. You see, there is honestly this depth that God is looking for in you and me, that he looks for that you could say, Father, I give you everything. I give you everything as long as I have you. In 1986 of that year in February, in the beginning of February, maybe be January of 86. I think it was in January of 86. I was completely broken. I was completely broken. God had spoken to me and said to me, I've called you out by my word. And even though my spirit knew what God meant, that he had called me out of Holland, out of my father's house, my natural nature could not accept it. And the struggle was so enormous, even more, because I did have a spiritual understanding, but I couldn't accept it. And what do you mean? I called you out. I can't accept leaving my father, my mother, my brother, my sister. I, together with Virginia, we were pastoring. One of my father, one of the churches my father had founded and we loved the people and they loved us and we'd been passing there for many years. And I I just kept praying. Oh, folks, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and I couldn't accept it, I couldn't accept it, I couldn't accept it. For months I wrestled and wrestled and I wrestled in prayer until there was nothing left of me. And in those days I had something which I called the sofa anointing. You see, we had our son Joshua was two years old, so he was a little boy. So I would get up early in the morning about five o'clock and I'd stick my head in the sofa and put two pillows and I would pray, oh Father, oh Father, oh Father, oh Father, I would just pray. But I put my head in the sofa so that I wouldn't wake him every day young. And then when I would stop praying, my head is standing up straight. My nose is all swollen. My eyes from breathing into the sofa and i would be all red. (laughs) And I was sitting there. Virginia walked into the living room at 7.30 in the morning and she saw me sitting there. And she looked at me and she said, it's not working, is it? I said, he won't. He won't talk to me. He won't talk to me. She said, you have to surrender everything. I said, I know, I'm trying. I'm trying. And I said, I've got to go pray again. I I can't live without having the knowledge of the Lord in me. I have his presence. And I went down and I said, Heavenly Father, I give you everything. I have nothing without you. Everything is worthless without you. With you, I can live. But without you, I don't have any life. And his spirit came all over me and he spoke the second time the same word I've called you out by my word and he set me free and that process from the first time he spoke it to the second was actually so important you see sometimes we, we, we can be frustrated when God doesn't just click the finger you say well if he wants to do it he could just do it like that why, why do I have to go through all this agony because the Lord needed to work such a deep work in me so that when the tests and trials of life came, I wouldn't deny what He had said, but I would be able to press on. And in all these years since 1986, I've not once doubted, not once, what God spoke and worked in my heart. Not once, and yes, the prices at times have been extremely painful and high, But it's never caused me to question. It's always given me the courage by his grace to press on. And so Paul says, I've come to the conclusion that unless I surrender it all to Christ, it's not enough for me. I give it all to him. And he says, for the knowledge of him, I've given up everything. He says, listen in verse 10. I am determined, my determined purpose is that I may know him and progressively become more deeply, intimately acquainted with him, this Philippians 3 verse 10, perceiving, recognizing and understanding the wonder of his person more glorious, more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in the same way come to know what is that power overflowing from his resurrection which he exerts over believers and that I may so learn how to share in his suffering as to be continuously transformed in spirit into his likeness even to death in hope. And then he says in verse 10 not that I have already attained this perfect ideal of being made perfect in Christ, being exactly like Him. But one thing, uh, he says, not that I have already attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of grass and make my own that for which Jesus Christ the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own and I do not consider brethren that I have captured and made it my own yet but one thing I do It is my one aspiration for getting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling me upward. So let's, uh, uh, so let those of us who are spiritually mature and full grown have this mind and so forth. And all friends, the Lord would have you in such a place that no matter what you go through in this life, you can't let go. You can't give up. You can't let go. You can because the grip of grace on your life is so real and true that you cannot deny the Lord's mercy to you. But you have this faith of the Son of God in you. By which you press on to lay hold of all that for which he laid a hold of you. And to know him, perceive him, recognize him and acknowledge him in all you are saying and do. Has become the supreme joy of your life. And anything less than that isn't good enough. And I want to encourage you today. Don't lose heart when maybe you realize, oh, pastor, I still need to change here. I still need to be perfected there. I still have those moments when it can be so dark and dim and I can't feel it. I can't see it. I can't perceive it. But I press on. But I press on. Come on, I press on. And others may look at you and say, I don't know why, like Job's wife in Job chapter two. Why do you hold on to your integrity with God? Why don't you just curse him and die? And Job looked at her and said, Honey, how can I deny Him? And why should you? You know better. Talk like somebody who doesn't know. Shall we receive good from the Lord and not these trials? And in all of these trials, stay loyal and faithful to him. No, I know God is good and I trust in him. I know my Redeemer lives, and I know that He is the one fighting for me, not against me. And you see, you gotta press on. You gotta press on. Press on that believing my father loves me, he sent his son to save me, not condemn me. My father loves me. He will never leave or forsake me. My father is with me. And if he did not spare his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give me all things? I stay in faith. I press on in faith. I hold fast to the him of his garment until the virtue of his healing has such command of my whole spirit's so and body that this illness will never ever stick up its ugly head again, I press on, I press on. Come on, dear friends, press on. Amen. Have a good day.